Welcome to SpotCast, your single point of contact podcast for the service management and support industry, brought to you by HDI. Smarter service, better business, HDI. On the web at thinkhdi.com. I'm your host for SpotCast, Roy Atkinson. Episode 24 is an interview with Ben Brennan. Ben is the author of Badass IT Support, an inventor of the QStack metric for IT customer experience. A former psychotherapist and musician, Ben brought his unique background to IT support in San Francisco a decade ago. Since then, Brennan has helped transform IT teams for some of the country's leading tech firms, including Box, Yahoo, Twitter, Jawbone, AOL, and Verizon Media, showing them how great communication, clearly defined and measurable goals, and an irreverent sense of humor can revolutionize a company's IT department. Ben, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. That's super exciting, and uh, again, super super humbled to be here and uh, chat with you, and uh, yeah, hopefully provide some value too, but I'm just happy to have a conversation with you. So you're best known for QSTAC, which I pronounced QSTAC. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and what it is and what it does. Okay, sure. So yeah, it is pronounced QSTAC, and uh, it's actually an acronym for the five dimensions that we that we researched and found, you know, that were most predictive of success. So it's it's an acronym for quality, speed, technical knowledge, approachability, and communication. So really, the name came from when I was doing presentations. I couldn't remember what those five were, so I made the uh, acronym just so I could remember it. And um, you know, a couple of trademarks and patents later is the name of my company. So. Um, we're, we're, we're sticking with it for now. But uh, so QStack is essentially, it's a tool that um, customer-centric IT support teams can use to actually quantify the customer experience along those five dimensions, um, quality, speed, technical knowledge, approachability, communication. Um, so it gives you a nice numeric score um, that really reflects your customer experience or the customer experience of interacting with your IT team. Uh, the cool part about it is it actually works and it's super hyper accurate. So um, it actually came as a result of me not being really satisfied with NPS. Uh, we didn't really feel like that was as useful uh, to really transform IT teams. Um, CSAT was kind of the industry standard when we came up with QStack, but uh, we did a bunch of studies. And while it's super helpful for some things, um, it wasn't as reliable or accurate as, as we wanted it to be for um, really measuring the overall customer experience, um, particularly for, um, you know, teams striving for world-class, right? So it's, uh, we just, you know, did tons of research. It's actually how I came up with uh, HDI or how I learned about HDI. Um, My manager at the time was like, told me about HDI. And she said, listen, um, HDI has this wealth of information, all these white papers, all this research. And I logged in for the first time and it was amazing. So that's why I'm kind of indebted to uh, HDI forever, um, because a lot of people don't even know this, I guess, but they have so much research available and so many white papers that you can download and you can really get scholastic about your work. And it was uh, a huge reason we were able to make uh, QStack in the first place. So we made what we think is a, a really, really good way to uh, quantify the customer experience, ping your end users once a quarter, this little 30 second quick survey. Um, but the information comes in, it goes through our algorithms, it gives you scores for those five dimensions, and then it gives you super actionable, open-ended feedback 
that you can you know tag, sort together, and really basically it does the work for you of uh, telling you how to improve your scores. And then the next quarter, you find out if you did great or if you, some of your stuff didn't land and you can course correct. So just a tool uh, you know, that you can use to hopefully get better. Um, it For me, it was really just a, a, an excuse to have a really good... I used to be a psychotherapist, and so I did tons of school, tons of math, um, tons of science. And um, for me, I wanted something that was really mathematical, you know, scientifically sound way to measure customer experience. And so it ended up being transformational at Box and Yahoo and my other company is so much so that I left my cushy gig as an IT director and I'm now doing it full time. So hopefully we're hoping that other uh, companies will have the same success. So interesting that you're, you have a background in psychotherapy and I, I, I am easily having done uh, IT support for a long time. I can tie that together very nicely because <laughs> yeah, yes. a lot of it is psychotherapy, isn't it? The crossover skills were incredible. I didn't actually see that at the time, but once I got into IT, I'm like, wow, that really came in handy. I think everyone should have a little psychology training. Uh, one of the things that you talk about when you talk about QStack is mind-blowing IT support. Why is customer experience important to say an internal service desk? Totally. I, I Actually, I would love it if you answered after I do, because I actually love to hear you talk about the stuff as well. Um, but uh, I'll answer first. So the uh, customer experience for me is is really the most important thing. And it really depends on how you define success for your team. So, you know, if you're a you know managed service provider that really is focused on the bottom line, your company's goal might be to, uh, you know, reduce cost or, you know, have like low cost per ticket. So in that case, you know, customer experience, maybe not that important um, if you see yourself as a cost center. But if you see yourself like as an innovation center that wants to provide value, uh, then success is more customer centric, right? You know, it's like for my teams, it's always about not how can we be a good IT team, but how can we be the most valuable to the people we're there to serve? And so in that customer centric mindset, um, yeah, mind blowing IT support is the best thing you could do, right? Um, Because you're, as a team, you know, we would survey our customers, we'd find out that what they were looking for almost in every company is higher productivity and a better experience, right? And better productivity, we actually quantified this, uh, you know, it's like, I, I have like a calculator that we can do for the um, the size of the company versus what's 1% more productivity, how many millions of dollars that is. But better productivity just literally can uh, impact positively the bottom line by providing millions of dollars worth of value. And, you know, you're like, well, what does productivity have to do with customer experience? You know, that's a good question. But my wife, for instance, is a physician, dual boarded, very busy, super way smarter than me, obviously the brains and looks of our relationship. She got a new job about a year ago. And a couple of weeks ago, I won't say the hospital, but she was on the phone with IT for 30 minutes, four times in one week, still didn't get her issue resolved. I mean, it was driving me crazy, you know, no self-help documentation, no anything. And um, not only did it take away two hours that she could be with patients or that she could be doing research, um, it also causes her so much frustration. She was like, Ben, if we lived in a different state, like a bigger state with more hospitals, I'd be looking for another job. It caused so much uh, pain, you know what I mean? Just to, ju- just to deal with IT. And so we don't think about that. But, um, you know, if you're not providing a good experience, it can be really dramatic to people who are trying to get important stuff done. I mean, if you, uh, I was thinking about that today. I was reading the New York Times there's uh, some big bank just, oh yeah, it was uh, Morgan Stanley 
just announced this morning that they're buying E-Trade for $13 billion, right? So, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, I remember when E-Trade came out and guess who they hired? They hired a bunch of traditional investment bankers, right? Who weren't happy with the job at their company. Now Morgan Stanley is probably buying back a bunch of those employees that they lost because of bad employee experience for $13 billion. Like attrition is expensive. Like, and uh, to me, that's why mind blowing support is so important. Um, you know, if you create that killer, that killer experience, people are going to come talk to you more. You create a good relationship. You're going to be able to make them more productive and do your job as a service industry. You want to share your answer? <laughs> Sure, sure, and 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 mine can go as far back as you want. Uh, if I, if I dial back to the age of twelve, <laughs> um, I, I binary math was beginning to be taught in schools, right? And so binary math, great zeros and ones. This, oh, this is terrific, great. Uh, don't know what this has to do with, but we're learning it, and uh, good thing, huh? Uh, but we had to translate decimal to binary, binary to decimal, decimal to binary, binary to decimal, back and forth, back and forth. And I found this incredibly boring, time-consuming, and stupid. And so I decided to build something that would do it for me. And I built a little device which would translate binary to decimal, back and forth. And, and so uh, from the beginning, computers have been, for me, a way to get things done. They haven't been an end into themselves. I was not a computer scientist. I'm not trained in computer science because I looked at it as a way to accomplish things. And so that's always been my view about support and IT in general. It's a way for people to get things done. Exactly. So as you were saying, when you get interrupted and, and sidetracked, you know, there's, there's a little bit of math that I do, which is, okay, let, let's take a 10-minute email outage. People use email about 30% of the time that they're working. Uh, in, in a company of 30,000 people, a 10-minute email outage cuts productivity to the tune of 187 and a half days of work. Okay, it's an amazing stat, and it just blows people's minds when I quote it. The experience of those people having a failure of information technology is enormous. If that technology fails and then they don't have a satisfactory experience getting back what they were missing, it's amazingly devastating, the consequences yeah. that can happen. And I, and I used to work in a, in a research laboratory where there might be an experiment running that, that costs $10,000 a day to run that particular exper experiment. If it got interrupted, it could be devastating to a scientist. You know, hearkening back to what I said earlier about psychotherapy, devastating not only scientifically, but also personally. Imagine the personal yes. investment in this stuff. So it's, it's really, really important for us to understand that the reason that we do this stuff is because people need it to get their work done and to progress their careers and to publish scientific articles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really important to have that great experience. Mind-blowing support is important because it helps people get back to work or continue their work or progress in their work, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So... Why is this approach different from gathering and paying attention to the to the metrics that we've always paid attention to in IT? What is it about this that makes it a little bit different? Well, it's uh, and and again, I'd, I'd love it if you um, follow up and and feel free to correct me because I'm, you know, I think both of us are you know not your typical IT people and very human centric. So I, I love any opinions too. But for me, um, most of our traditional metrics that we used. Um, 
were um, IT centric and efficiency based, right? So um, if I think of the metrics that I hear people talk about uh, mostly, it's, um, you know, uh, first touch resolution or ticket deflection or stuff that sounds really good. But again, if you're, I loved how you were talking about like the kind of the total cost of ownership approach to like outages and stuff. If you want to talk about the value to the company, like, you know, measuring tickets doesn't really matter. You know, my favorite example is when we at Twitter, um, we were like, you know, I was like the third IT employee. So we were figuring out everything from scratch and we were going to do metrics for the first time. So we started seeing, having a contest to who could do the, who could do the most tickets, right. As a way to see who's most productive. And every week the intern would win because he would go around, hand out a bunch of monitors and keyboards and do a ticket for each one. Meanwhile, the uh, sysadmin that was, you know, solving a huge root cause uh, issue that affected thousands of people, um, you know, did three tickets. So we're like, okay, well, Ticket count's not great, but maybe resolution. You have all these uh, efficiency metrics that measure our efficiency, but uh, they don't really measure like the impact to the the customer experience. And so for me, I always it's important to measure everything, but I always focus most importantly our success metric is customer experience. Find a really good metric and hang on to that, and that's our success metric. Because it turns out like if your customer experience is awesome, chances are you're being efficient and doing all the other stuff right too, you know? Why, why has IT, uh, and, and it's not alone in this, by the way, there are many other- No, not other, a, every many, department in the company, I, I would say. Yep. And so why have we missed the importance of good customer feedback loops and, and use them as a way to improve? And that's across the board. I see the same thing in customer service and contact centers, et cetera, et cetera. But why, why are we missing that component? Like you said, it's not just IT, it's it's everyone. And I think, you know, so here's the deal. Like we're in the data age and data is good. So I honestly believe that most IT departments and most people in those IT departments, they solve problems for a living. They obviously care about helping people and they come to work wanting to do the best job possible. My whole shtick of the way that I do IT support is based on the fact that I, I think everyone comes to work wanting to do an amazing job, right? And so you know, you, you think about data, you're like, oh, well, let's use data to solve problems. Intuitively, that sounds great. And we have all these awesome dashboards now, like ServiceNow is doing a bunch of cool, like out of the box dashboards. We've got all these great things that are um, that are just really providing, you know, all this data to use. But it's kind of the, again, you know, I'm, you know, liberal arts, a social scientist. I did all the, um, you know, philosophy classes and everything. For me, it's more of an existential uh, approach and philosophical approach. Why are we here? What what do we really what are we really about? When you do that, then you start to think about like what the role you play for the company. And um, you're like, oh, we're here to uh, you know we're, we're we're here to help people. We're not here. We're measuring all the reason we measure all those things is to try to provide better customer experience. But you can't get focused on that. In the same way, like you know, a lot of times we'll get caught up in in ITIL and miss you know, what the reason is for is to, you know, really provide value to the organization. And so um, I think the, uh, I think people just, they focus on all these other ones. And the simplest thing before all these metrics that existed was feedback loops, was asking people how we're doing, rather than letting numbers tell us, you know, just, just ask them, hey, are we doing right? Or, hey, our numbers said, say this, um, let's, you know, ask our, let's get constant and, and, and rapid feedback and compare that, overlay that with first ticket resolution and be scientific about whether or not that's a good metric. You know, I think we just, I think that we're good meaning, but we get caught up in the wrong things and you simplify it, 
yeah, you should be getting feedback early and often, 100%. How closely joined do you do you feel employee experience and customer experience are? And do you, do you see that linkage is becoming more important to organizations in the future? Yes. I mean, I think it's already, um, that, that's like a, a timely question. I think you probably, I, I know that you know this too, but it's, I mean, if you just Google that, you'll see, um, you know, em, everyone is saying employee experience is a new customer experience, right? I don't think everyone really understands what that means. Everyone's coming around to it. Like companies are spending, at least in my, I've worked mostly at uh, technology companies, but those companies are spending so much money and engagement surveys, trying to figure out how not to lose people. Again, like the Morgan Stanley example, like losing people can be costly, you know, like you don't want to lose your best. Like at Twitter, um, we stole all our uh, employees from uh, Google, you know, now all my old friends that worked at Twitter, they all work at Slack because somebody went there and then they all went there. Right. So, uh, you know, attrition is a real thing and it costs a lot of money to replace those people. And it's they're not, people aren't just cogs. A lot of times there are the people with the, the brilliant ideas. You know, if you lose employees to a competitor, that's expensive, you know, and all those ideas that they had, you know, uh, are, are, are going to a different company. So, uh, I mean, employee experience, it, I hate to be cliche, but it is the new customer experience. You know, uh, you know, you could look at it like Branson, Richard Branson says, you know, like, you know, take care of your employees and, and they'll take care of the customer. So that's one way to look at it. But uh I mean, I really just look at it as I have a positive outlook on life. I honestly, wrongly or rightly believe people come to work wanting to do the best job they can. And if you create that uh, experience where people can really be comfortable, they can bring their full selves to work and they can rock and roll, that's the companies that succeed. And if you look at it, every company cares about employee experience. You know, Glassdoor is huge. Like there's the reason people, the companies are spending so much money on this stuff is not out of like intuition. It's because there are tons of studies that say engaged employees work better. Employees that aren't engaged are going to hide in a corner and not do work or even worse, you know, like sabotage the company. You know, one company I won't name, we, we uh, you know, we worked, uh, we had a call center employee doing, acting kind of weird. And they ended up finding out he was making fake calls all day. So literally he was supposed to be returning voicemails. He was just making fake calls and, uh, you know, just like, it was so hilarious. And there was recordings of him like calling like the weather service, like calling a, a DJ hotline service. And, st- and it's just like, take care of your employees. It matters, you know? And so I think the, uh, basically in IT now, I see us in the service industry. You know, we, uh, at least in my business, we're supporting iPhones and Macs. It's consumer technology, you know? You know, your little cousin can fix most computer problems. You know, what they come for us is the service. And so I think employee experience is is, is like, number one for almost all progressive companies. We actually did a little bit, of course, as you know, we do a lot of surveys and, and, and totally. some industry surveys. And one of the things that I wanted to know more about was the, the direct linkage. Could I see a real linkage between employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction? And the answer right. is yes. We, we took a sample of the satisfied and very satisfied employee organizations uh-huh. and then looked at their customer satisfaction. It was on average 5% higher. You know, the data is absolutely there, and I think it's it's been a long time coming, but I think companies are really understanding that having happy employees really makes a difference. I travel yeah. a lot. I, I'm sure that you do as well. And, and I know when I walk into a hotel, uh, if I'm walking down the hallway and there's somebody vacuuming, and they, they stop, maybe stand aside, look at me, smile, make eye contact, I know I'm in a good place. 
and and oh my gosh yes right so every every road warrior knows or every like person that travels knows that experience and knows that there are different hotels and i know exactly it's if you don't travel what roy said is 100 percent true you know the hotel you walk by sometimes they look down sometimes they say you you know they hi how are you and they they, they greet you and it's it, it totally lets you know how, how things are going it's it's such a funny uh, observation that tells me that they're happy doing what they're doing, no matter what it happens to be, and that that you matter to them, and that makes a world of difference in in your total experience while you're there. You know what it reminds me of uh, the uh, so I used to be a musician too. I, I got into IT when I was thirty. I'm like in my forties. I'm forty something now. Uh, in my twenties, you know, I did a lot of other things, psychotherapy. I also traveled around as a musician, and this weird thing that I noticed was that when we were playing on stage, like intuitively you would think you want to be a professional and really be a showman and, and do a performance but what people loved more than anything was on stage when we would when i would look at the drummer and laugh and roll my eyes at the lead singer talking like i am probably now, now rambling you know and uh people would love that and there's like this there's something um like attractive and, and engaging about being with people who are having fun it's fun to be around fun people and i think that uh i think that's probably really relevant to this you know like you want if i go somewhere and someone's having fun i'm like oh this is cool i'm at a party versus someone who's not having fun and i think that uh you know that's not a very scientific study but it blew me away like and if, next time you go to a concert look to when they do you know the the lead singer and the you know the bass player share a little look or they do whatever and they do an inside joke nobody knows what the inside joke is but everyone loves it and it's uh i think we just it's you know it's infectious to have fun and so i think uh that might be another reason just psychologically why people employees that are engaged like have better customer service because they're more fun to be around i don't know speaking of technology there's an awful lot being said about ai machine learning some people like to call it one thing some people like to call it another there are different aspects and we could go into definitions and so forth and most people refer to it as ai and whether it really is ai or not we'll put that question aside for now but they become more and more integrated into the way IT works. And especially in terms of self-service, right? That's a, that's a right. real focus now. And so it's important to try to cut down the number of cases so we don't have to have service desks that are thousands of people, basically. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that takes care of the easy-peasy cases, the one-and-done one and type. Right. So they're not going to get to the support center. And so, therefore, everything that's left is going to be the complex cases. And we talked earlier about the person who's resolving tons of little simple stuff versus somebody who's doing doing the complex stuff and how much more time that takes, et cetera. So how do you see that playing out in terms of the skills that are going to be required, especially at level one, if if we can even refer to it as level one anymore because most of that work is now gone? And how does having good data assist with steering people toward what they need to focus on. Okay. I, I, so many, that's an amazing uh, question and, and topic. So so much to say about that. Um, I always say, I always tell my text this, but they're all millennials and no one's ever heard of it. I'm like, ideally like it support should be like the Maytag repairman. And this was this old commercial that's that, showed the Maytag repairman board sitting in a room somewhere because Maytag machines worked so good that he had no work to do. Right. So like we need to get in our mindset that that's a good thing. Right. Like, like you said, 
no ticket. Like if IT was as a whole was doing our job good, there would be zero tickets, right? You know, we we wouldn't have tickets, and uh, I know that's scary. And when we introduced uh, like an AI an ML solution at uh, Yahoo, and before we did it, actually a year before, because I wanted to prepare him, I wrote this blog article internally called "Fear Not the Chatbot" about how you know you don't need to be afraid of this. You know, and I, it's it's understandable. A lot of people would say, "Oh, it's going to automate our our level one jobs." You know, but like you said, you know, you just have to to rethink our metrics and rethink how we do it. Um, I'm a little biased, but for me, the number one metric is always customer experience. So for me, that doesn't change. Like that even more, even more reason. If the customers are really stoked with your service, it doesn't matter if you do one ticket or 900 tickets. It doesn't matter if you, you know, do a first touch resolution or a fifth touch resolution. If people are really stoked with your service, you did a good job. And so to me, that's kind of like an evergreen metric is good to uh, stay on, right? And and good to trust. But if you look at um, you know, this one and done case is not arriving, to me, I can't help but see that as a good thing. And um, this is a, a phrase that I encourage anyone who's a leader to use like once a day when you're talking to your team. Because in IT, we deal with clusters all the time. You know, we deal with you know surprise disasters all the time. The phrase is like opportunity and chaos. And I always ask my team that. What is the opportunity in this chaos? Right. So we see, oh no, are things changing? You know, there's going to be less level one tickets. What's the opportunity in chaos? There's tons. First of all, um, all of our jobs are allowed to get more fun because everyone gets to move up a rung. Instead of, I mean, I again, I believe IT people are really smart, well-meaning people that come to work. I think most IT people are more talented than uh, than than is required to, you know, just reset passwords all day or give access to Salesforce all day. You know, I honestly think that it's an awesome opportunity to uplevel your career, you know, learn more about engineering. Another thing is you're in IT when this revolution is happening. Who do you think is going to be configuring these AI bots? You know, like you can make a whole living. Like I was telling my team when we rolled out this uh, AI solution, um, my whole team was a little like interested because, you know, IT people don't love change all the time. And I'm like, listen, you guys roll this out. If it's successful, the rest of your life, you can just be a consultant implementing AI into enterprise IT departments. This is awesome. This is not scary. This is amazing. And I think really it's just, again, you know, if you want to survive this, look for the opportunity in chaos and say, what is the opportunity it provides? Listen, I can learn about AI, which by the way, data science is on the rise. It's not going anywhere. And again, like you said, when people actually understand what AI really is, then it's a whole game changer because uh, everyone says AI, ML, you know, NLP, but when that stuff really starts happening, uh, it's going to be awesome. And you're going to be on the on the forefront of that. So you're going to know that. And then um, at the end of the day, focus on measuring customer experience. And you level that up, then you'll always know the right thing to do. Well, your metrics are going crazy, but customer experience stays up, stay the course. You're groovy. If you all the metrics are going crazy or they're staying the same, but customer experience is going down, you got some digging to do, man. And so um, I think if we just, again, this is so basic, but focus on the customer experience. It's so hard for us as IT people to do that. But I mean, talk to people, get early feedback, early and often. Read, I'm taking a class at MIT online on um, design thinking. Um, one of the core principles is getting early and often feedback. Uh, like how, many, how often do we roll out a new video conferencing solution where um, no one's really seen it before and we just throw it at our users and expect them to, to, to love it? 
But what about if you roll out that video conferencing solution where um, 5% of all your user base um, has tested it and 1% was actually in the selection process? And you know, you save yourself so much time. By the time you roll it out, you already know that it's going to work for your key uh, stakeholders. So I think just customer centricity, as much of a buzzword as it is, will save you with all this technology stuff. You're talking to a guy to whom it makes absolute sense. So, (laughs) so, uh, yes, absolutely. And what a good way to tie up the conversation. Once again, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's great to have you. Roy, it was, it was honestly a, uh, one of the, one of the joys uh, of the year so far. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. So thanks for a great combo. Thank you for listening. For more about HDI, visit us on the web at thinkhdi.com and see our Support World newsletter for great content. I'm Roy Atkinson, your host for SpotCast. Until next time, take care.